0: For several years now, the um, Warren Community Fellowship, the big church right next door, has been hosting it for this area. So there are some of these flyers in back by where you got your bulletin if you want to grab one, reminding you that this Thursday will be National Day of Prayer. They will be open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. You just drop in whenever it's convenient for you, stay as long as you want. Bring your prayer list, or you can take along a long hymnal and, and read prayers out of that. Grab a Bible, read some psalms, because those are songs and prayers. But just to come in and take some time, God knows our nation needs a lot of prayer. So, one thing to consider. Um, this Wednesday we will not have the adult Bible study in the evening. I will be out of town. Notice when you're looking at your bulletin, there's a whole list of things to do, but see, those are after May 8th, Mother's Day, so those things like council meeting, that's not this week, it's giving you a heads up for the next week. This week will be fairly quiet. Other than, if we hope right after church, you'll come downstairs and have a cup of coffee and visit with your friends for a few minutes. Yes? And Patty pointed out the May 11th, the No, it's 6 30. I asked him about that. 6 30. Yeah, Bible studies on Wednesdays are always 6 30. I don't have any other announcements. Is there anything else? Yes. (laughs) The (laughs) newsletter's not It's not very big. It's still sitting on my computer. So I'll send it (laughs) good thank you our first hymn is number 135 and i would just like to point out we're doing verses one through four and the way this one is set up the top alleluia line that is sung at the beginning then we sing our four verses and then that bottom alleluia line so when we get the end of verse one Don't jump down and start doing a (laughs) lot of hallelujahs. You'll be pretty much by yourself. (laughs) With that, I invite you to stand as we begin our service. Please turn to page 77 in the front part of your hymnal, and we open our service in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways for the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for us, and for his sake forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of your sins. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And Amen. Please let us pray to the- eternal joy, through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, Lord, for he lives and reigns with you in the Holy
1: Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. <coughs> the first reading from Acts, chapter 9, verse 1 through 22. Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way men or women, he might bring them down to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to you and the saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who who call on his name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must offer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that he so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, is not this man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon his name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength, and confounded Jews who lived in Damascus, by proving that Jesus was the Christ. Psalm 30. Um, I will exalt you, O Lord, because you have lifted me up, and have not let my enemies triumph over me. O Lord, my God, I cry out to you, and you restore me to health. You brought me up, O Lord, from the dead. You restored my life as I was going down to the grave. Sing to the Lord, serve the servants of his. Give thanks for the remembrance of Jesus The second reading is from Revelation, chapter 5, 8 through 14. Then I saw on the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll, written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly, because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the I am in the tribe of Judah, the root of David, as conquered so that he had opened the scroll and his seven seals. And between the throne and the four-legged creatures, and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing. As though it had been slain, with seven horns and with seven eyes, For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God, from every tribe and language, language, and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom, and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard around the, and I heard around the throne, and the living creatures, and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads, and thousands and thousands, saying with a loud voice,
0: Please stand. The Gospel according to Saint John, the twenty first chapter. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter it is the Lord when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord he put on his outer garment for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea the other disciples came in the boat dragging the net full of fish for they were not far from the land but about a hundred yards off when they got Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. On this Sunday, we're still in the Easter season, which is basically a season of waiting between Resurrection Sunday up till Pentecost, and this is when the Holy Spirit comes in full force upon the followers of Christ. At the end of the Last Supper that Jesus had with his disciples, he told them, But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Now remember, Galilee is up in the north, and they are currently in Jerusalem down toward the south. Matthew records Jesus telling the women at the tomb on the morning of his resurrection, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. After Jesus appeared to the disciples in Jerusalem, they now believe that he is again alive. So they make the 80-mile trip to Galilee. Now, as a side note, our gospel text says that they were at the Sea of Tiberias. That's another name for the Sea of Galilee. This is their home territory. So while they wait for Jesus, they do what they always did they go fishing. Hey, a man's got to eat, right? Maybe while they're waiting, since they're fishermen by trade, they can get a catch or two to sell for some money. They fish all night. But they come back to shore with an empty boat. They caught nothing. As they approach the shore, they see Jesus waiting for them with breakfast cooking. And upon hearing of their unsuccessful night of fishing, Jesus tells them to throw the net off the other side of the boat, right there, close to shore. And as ridiculous as it sounds, they humor Jesus and do as he said. Well, they find a whole school of large fish, almost too many for the net to handle to pull into the boat. Now, was this just an extra blessing from the Lord? I don't think so. I tend to think that Jesus was creating a memory for them to strengthen their trust in him, to strengthen them during their time out in the mission field. There will be dry times when these new missionaries will not find a single convert, when they'll be beaten and run out of town. However, knowing that their Lord blesses their work and he's the one who sent them to these places can give them the strength to not go home with their heads hanging low, but to persevere until they do find the men and women who were ready to hear and receive the good news of Christ Jesus. Now, does this say, tell anything to us? When we go and finally get brave enough to talk to somebody about Jesus and they kind of, yeah, well, you know, it's good for you. And what do we do? Well, I'm not going to do that again. We, too, will find Christ making himself known to us, helping us feel his presence when we are at a loss, when life has sucker-punched us, when we're sure we cannot go on. He reminds us that we are not alone. He's been there all along. Christ calls out to us, but we need to reach out to him. We need to submit our control, by seeking him. Jesus is also teaching them and us to obey his commands, whether or not we understand them. He's encouraging his followers to be diligent in their work. Even though all the disciples, except John and a few women, deserted Jesus at the cross, when the human part of him needed their support the most, Notice that Jesus approaches them with so much tenderness, like a loving father. He affectionately calls them children. He's cooking breakfast for them after they've labored through a long night. And now we see Jesus single out Peter. And did you catch the irony in the details? Remember, nothing is just in there by accident. John does not say that Jesus was cooking some fish for breakfast. He specifically says there was a charcoal fire. Do you remember the last charcoal fire? It was in the courtyard of Caiaphas, the high priest. The night of Jesus' arrest, we're specifically told that one was a charcoal fire. That's when Peter denied Jesus three times before the rooster crowed, as Jesus predicted. And now, by another charcoal fire, Peter has a chance to redeem himself. Now, I will mention, I looked this up in several different Bibles to be sure it said charcoal fire by both of those, and a couple of the very modern translations just say they were by a fire or just say there was some fish cooking. But most of them, and especially the really accurate translations where they're not paraphrasing, they will say charcoal fire. For thousands of years, a solemn oath or charge would have been stated three times before witnesses to be legal. You may recall, we've talked before about how around this time period, and actually going back into Abraham, that if a man wanted to divorce his wife, he simply stood out in a public place, like by one of the gates where they would meet, and state three times, I divorce you, and they're legally divorced. So notice here, again, it's all in the details. Three times Jesus asked Peter, do you truly love me? And three times Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Three times in a public place, Peter denied his Lord. Now he has the opportunity to cancel his past failure of denying Jesus when the pressure was on. Another detail notice how many people are in this scene. We're told we have Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, James, and John, that's the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples we throw Jesus in there, that means we have seven witnesses to Peter's confession of his love for Jesus. Roman law, which was in force at the time in Israel, required seven witnesses to a testament. All the bases are covered. Now, why is that so important? Why would these Israelites care about Roman law? Remember, this is also being, it's written in Greek, it's being written, being written for Gentiles as well. So you have to be sure, no matter what angle you're reading it from, bases are covered. God is good. Many times I've heard it said that this was when Jesus forgave Peter for denying him, when Jesus needed him the most, Except nowhere in this account does Jesus say the words, I forgive you. Maybe that's because the person who needs to forgive Peter the most is Peter. When asked, surely you are not another of his disciples? Peter replied, I am not. Perhaps what's happening now is that Peter needs to accept and publicly declare His identity as a disciple, Jesus called him to be. Jesus does not blame or shame Peter. He does not ask for Peter's repentance. Instead, Jesus reaffirms whom he needs Peter to be. Too often, we also deny our identity in Christ. We're willing to say, I'm a child of God, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, but do we say, I am a disciple of Christ? We may deny our identity by omission because we do not feel worthy to be identified as a disciple, or we're afraid we will not live up to people's expectations of a disciple, or we're afraid that we'll disappoint Christ We deny our identity because we could be judged or rejected for our true identity. We may find ourselves denying our identity because we fear other people's opinion of us more than that of Jesus. It's easier in the moment to play it safe. Or maybe, just maybe, we cannot believe that Jesus could believe in us and so jesus shows up he hosts a meal and he tells us i love you i believe in you i know who you are and i still love you you are the disciple i need the love jesus offers peter is agape an all-encompassing, unconditional, and unwavering love. It's focused on the good of the other. The love Peter offers is filios, a brotherly love. It's not agape love, but it's good enough because Jesus accepts us where we are. He accepts what we are able to give. In the upper room, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. However, when the time came for Peter to stand with Jesus, he valued his life and safety more, and so he denied his association with Jesus. Now Jesus asked, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Do you love me more than your boats, your work, your family, your friends, your life? Do you love Jesus more than your family, your profession, your pleasures, your friends? Do you love Jesus more than your own life? His command is, then, feed his lambs. Care for the young, the helpless, those new to the faith who could easily be led astray. Feed them the bread of life. The second time Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? He's asking for assurance that Peter loves him. I think it's more to reassure Peter than Jesus. Peter needs the reassurance that the next time the going gets rough, he will remain steadfastly devoted to the Lord. Jesus tells Peter to tend his sheep. We are to care for the needs of those around us. Remember in John 10, verse 16, Jesus says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. We are to care for all people within and outside of the church community. For Jesus came to save all people. All belong to him, whether or not they know it, whether or not they acknowledge it. A third time Jesus questions Peter, and this time he told Peter to feed his sheep. We are to spiritually feed each other with the bread and wine, with the presence of Jesus, with the word of life. This text closes with Jesus saying, follow me. And Peter did follow Jesus. He faithfully served Jesus. He, finally, he helped turn the Jesus movement into the Christian church. And in the end, Peter followed Jesus a death on a cross jesus asks each of us to follow him it may not be easy there may be a big price to pay but service to the lord of lords will never be in vain and even if we are lonely we will never be alone jesus will lead us jesus will walk beside us and in the end Jesus will carry us. We have his word on it. Amen. are able, and turn to page 85, and please join me in confessing our faith using the words of the Apostles. We confess, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, and born of the Virgin Mary. And a life everlasting and i just wanted to mention that when we're going through the list of people we're praying for that i will be omitting jackie welter who's listed on here because her surgery was canceled well postponed somebody who was in very critical need took her time spot so that will be coming up at a the later Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Holy Spirit, shine the bright light of Jesus Christ upon us, like it happened to Saul on the road to Damascus, and let our new family name forever be known as Christian. Lord Jesus Christ, give us the vision and faith of the psalmist, who know whom to thank for healing. Lamb of God, as on the cross you sacrificed yourself for us, so receive our gifts of prayer and praise as offerings of love for all that you have done for us. Lord Jesus Christ, when you return to the shore of the sea where you first called Peter, you recommissioned him to follow you. Revisit us with the same love that first won our hearts, that we may hear your commission to follow you all the days of our lives. You ask us to love you above all else, all others, even above our very selves. Help us commit our bodies and souls into your love and care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we pray with continued pleas for the end of COVID and all experience, and for the strength of those, whether they be ministering or they be in the suffering. We continue to lift up the people of Ukraine. We pray for the refugees, Lord, that they will be welcomed into other countries and provided what they need. We pray for those who had to remain behind to fight for for their safety, for their strength. We pray, Lord, for the Russians, that their hearts would be softened, both their leader and their soldiers, to see what this atrocity is. We pray for those Russians. We pray with those Russians who are praying for an end to this war themselves, knowing that it is not the godly thing to do. Lord, in your mercy. Here mercy. Lord, as we come closer to the end of our school year, we pray for our children, the students of all ages. It's been a rough year with the COVID issues and all the precautions they're supposed to take and it changes from week to week. Help them to be able to flourish through these last few weeks. We pray for those who may be struggling as they start to approach their graduations that the study for pain during this difficult time. May they be able to complete all their necessities to receive their various degrees. Lord, in your mercy, hear you our are Lord, we know that there's going to be places with spring coming through that are now in threat of flooding pray for their safety, both in body and in property. Lord, in your mercy. prayer. For those among us experiencing the frailty of this world's physical body, prolong, restore, and heal as you will those whom we lay before you. We name Adam, Barb, Jeannie, Mary, Sharon, Karen, Mary Lou, London, Sandy, Julie, Karen. We pray for Bill's surgery that it will be successful and for a speedy recovery. We also lift up Kelly, John, Allison, Stacy, Jack, Donna, Betty, Jeanette, Mary, June, Jane, reaped and Everett, Lorraine, Hal, and those we name aloud and in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, in our prayer. Lord, shortly we'll be bringing up our offerings. We offer with joy and thanksgiving what you've first given us, ourselves, our time, and possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, in your mercy, Never. forever. And Lord, we now come before you with the pleasure of being able to count our blessings. Anybody here have breakfast today? <laughs> Nobody had breakfast? I did. Thank you, Lord. Did anybody's furnace kick in this morning? Mine did. Thank you, Lord. Do we have a safe place to meet today? Thank you, Lord. Hint. Lord, we are so truly blessed in this country for granted, but we know it all comes from you, and we do give you the credit, and bless your holy name. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. And I want to remind you that as we come up for communion, because of all the COVID stuff, we don't pass the plate anymore. So we have our offering plate here, but next to it, the little red box, don't forget that. Because that's where we drop in whatever loose change or a couple of builds that we can do without to help our quilters buy supplies to be able to keep making quilts for those in need. Father, Almighty and ever living God. But chiefly are we bound to praise you for the glorious resurrection of our Lord, for he is the true Passover Lamb who gave himself to take away our sin, who by his death has destroyed death, and by his rising has brought us to eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all their creatures, and with the angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Jesus had one last meal, and at that meal he took the bread. He blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again after supper, he took the cup. He blessed it and gave it to all those present to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my life shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And we pray as our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The table set, the feast is prepared. Come and eat. coming up
2: Amen. in the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen
0: mercy, you would strengthen us through this gift, in faith toward you, and in fervent love toward one another, for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Our closing hymn number 143.